Welcome to the old radio. The the old radio. The old the old. Ra- It's the old radio comedy podcast. Welcome to episode 92 of the old radio comedy podcast, where we celebrate the classic comedy shows from the golden age of radio. And today is a special hump day happy hour edition of the podcast, featuring two back-to-back great comedy shows. And one of the greatest was the Burns and Allen Show, starring George Burns and his wife, Gracie Allen. It ran from 1934 to 1950, starting out as The Adventures of Gracie, before changing to The Burns and Allen Show in 1936, switching back and forth between NBC and CBS radio over the next two decades. The show was inducted into the National Radio Hall of Fame in 1994. So sit back and relax as we bring you the October 17th and October 31st, 1946 broadcasts of the Burns and Allen Show. Another cup of Maxwell House coffee, George? Sure. Pour me a cup, Gracie. You know, Maxwell House is always good to the last drop. And that drop's good, too. Yes, it's Maxwell House coffee time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. With yours truly, Bill Goodwin, the music of Meredith Wilson and his orchestra, Margaret Brayton, Lou Merrill, and our happy postman. For your Thursday night comedy enjoyment, it's George and Gracie. And for your everyday coffee drinking enjoyment, it's Maxwell House. The coffee that gives you so much more for so little more that it's bought and enjoyed by more people than any other brand of coffee in the world. Yes, Maxwell House. Expertly blended and radiant roasted for rich, mellow, extra flavor. Maxwell House, the coffee that's always good to the last drop. Well, as we look in at the Burns home today, we find George engrossed in the morning newspaper. Why don't you read the paper out loud, George, so I can discuss world affairs and current events with you? You discuss world affairs? Yes. Gracie, there's only one thing in this paper that would interest you. They've got a hat sale at the May Company. Well, for your information, Mr. Smarty, I would much rather sit here and discuss Russia or the political situation than go to that hat sale. You mean that? Well, certainly. All the best hats were grabbed when the store opened this morning. I'll bet they were Dillies. Would you like to see them? <laughs> You've already been to the hat sale? Well, don't forget the early bird gets the worm. That sounds like a hat you'd pick out, all right. (laughs) Ah, now, come on, George. Let's sharpen our wits with a good old rough-and-tumble discussion of the news. Read some headlines. No, thanks. Oh, darling, forget that I'm your wife and think of me only as a great newspaper columnist. If you were married to Walter Winchell, what would you discuss with him? A divorce. (laughs) Oh, George. Now, come on. Shoot some international problems at me and watch me knock them off. All right, brain truster. You ask for it. Here's one. It looks like Russia wants a piece of turkey. What should be done about it? Let them wait till Thanksgiving like everyone else. <laughs> Second question. Uh, how can automobile manufacturers speed up production? Make more automobiles. <laughs> Third question. Will Truman run in 1948? If people don't stop hounding him, he may start running before then. <laughs> Fourth question. Fourth question. To stop inflation, how can husbands keep their wives from buying so many new clothes? Fifth question. <laughs> Maybe you better give me the paper, huh? I thought so. Oh, here's the Hollywood news. My goodness. There were ten couples married in Hollywood yesterday. Good. 
Yeah, but ten couples are getting divorced today. Same number. Same couple. I see. Oh, here's an interesting item. Metro Golden Mare is going to make a picture out of that best-selling book, The Hucksters. And they're trying to get Clark Abel for the lead. Sounds great. But that book is all about radio. Why pick Abel? Because he's handsome, talented, and loaded with sex appeal. That's why. But I know a man who has the same qualifications plus 15 years' experience in radio. You mean... Uh... His initials are GB, and I don't mean Jack Benny. <laughs> you mean me? Exactly. Well, you'd be perfect as the lead in the Hucksters. Well, now, let's look at your qualifications. You know all about radio. Check. Check. You're a fine actor. Check. Check. You're good-looking. Check. Check. You love to give your wife money. Check. Check. Wait a minute. <laughs> What's that got to do with it? Oh, uh, nothing, but I thought as long as I had you rolling, I'd throw it in. <laughs> Forget this silly idea, Grace. They'll never consider me if they can get Gable. No, oh, they will, too. Come in. Good morning, all. Oh, good morning, Meredith. Meredith, you're the first to hear the news. George is going to be a movie star. Oh, Grace. He is? Yes, he's got to replace Gable. Golly, do you think he's the right shape? <laughs> well, sure. He's off like Clark Gable. Oh, Gable. I thought you said Grable. <laughs> Believe me, that makes just as much sense. Gracie has a wild idea that I should be the leading man of the Hucksters, but I want no part of it. Well, gosh, George, if I had a chance to be a movie star, I'd jump at it. My girl Goldie'd be awfully impressed. You've got a girl, Meredith? Yeah. She's a waitress at Joe's Swordfish House. <laughs> Formerly Joe's Steakhouse. <laughs> well, Meredith, have you told her you love her? Oh, I haven't gotten up the nerve to speak to her yet, but it's wonderful just to sit there and thrill to the touch of her hand. The touch of her hand? How do you manage that? I pour soup on my shirt and she wipes me off. <laughs> Meredith, that's no way to start a romance. Look, kid, I'm going to buy a book called How to Make Love. Oh, that's a wonderful idea, George. And after you've read it, lend it to Meredith. <laughs> I'll do that. Meredith, you talk to George and try to convince him that he should replace Gable. Very well, Gracie. Now, George, if I leave... Good morning, Mrs. Burns. Here's your mail. Oh, good morning, Mr. Postman. Say, I want to see if you agree with me on something. What is it, Mrs. Burns? Well, I read that Clark Gable was going to play the lead in the Hucksters. But I know another man who'd be much better. He's the Gable type, only handsomer and more virile. You know who I mean. Oh, sure. But if I quit this job, I'll lose my pension. <laughs> oh, no, I, I didn't mean you, Mr. Postman. But you gave a perfect description of me. And I can just hear the slogan ringing forth now. The postman's back and Garson's got him. <laughs> but your wife, Bertha, is awfully jealous. Yes, you're right. She changed that slogan to, Garson's dead and Bertha did it. Well, there's nothing for you to worry about, Mr. Postman, because the man I have in mind to replace Clark Gable is my husband, George Burns. Your husband? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, goodbye, Mrs. Burns. Remember, keep smiling. Ah, good old Indian summer. Meredith, you know, Victor Herbert really had something there. Yes, he did, Bill. It's a great melody, Indian summer, and a great time of year, too. Won't be long now. Just when folks have hauled out the heavy blankets and settled down for some real wintry weather, why, along it'll come. Mild and sunny and welcome as a day in June. And just as pleasant, Meredith. There'll be a smoky haze in the autumn air to blend with the bright, cheerful colors of the turning leaves. And we'll marvel once again at the unique beauty that Indian summer brings to the American scene. 
You know, in its own way, Maxwell House, too, is a very real part of the American scene, now and the whole year through. For just as coffee is America's favorite drink, so Maxwell House is the country's favorite coffee. Bought and enjoyed by more people than any other brand of coffee at any price, it's Maxwell House wherever you go. Flavor tells this popularity story, of course. The rich, vigorous Maxwell House flavor that results from the skillful blending of these premium, highland-grown Latin American coffees. Manizales for mellowness. Madelines for richness. Other choice coffees for vigor. And Bucaramangas for full body. All of which adds up to great coffee at its flavor peak. So, friends, why not know the very best in coffee pleasure, coffee goodness? It's yours for just a fraction of a penny more per cup than you'd pay for the cheapest coffee sold. Simply say, Maxwell House, always good to the last drop. headlines now. George Burns replaces Clark Gable as star of the Hucksters. I think I'll call the will apart. Just a minute, Gracie. I'm not going to replace Gable. Now forget it. But darling, the part is made for you. It's all about radio and you're Mr. Radio. Me? Oh, yes. Before you came along, radio was a toy, a plaything. People laughed at it. But believe me, when you came on the radio, they stopped laughing. (laughs) Yeah. And not only were you a pioneer, but you're still the number one man. Why, the president of NBC told me that television would collapse without you. He said television would collapse without me? Yes, sir. He said, Mrs. Burns, your husband practically single-handed is holding up television. (laughs) I wonder how he meant that. Well, he meant that you're great, the greatest man in the history of radio. Oh, honey, don't say that. What would we do if it hadn't been for the inventor, Marconi? We'd eat spaghetti. <laughs> Besides, what's that got to do with radio? Nothing. I lost my head. <laughs> now, look, Gracie, granted I know the radio business backward and forward, but that doesn't mean I can replace Clark Gable. Why, Gable is a foot taller than I am and twice as handsome. On the screen, yes, but that's all trick photography and stuff. Hmm. Take off Gable's built-up shoes and he probably stands four feet ten. Gracie. The terrific figures you see on those screen heroes are not there. Why do you think they have to get to the studio so early in the morning? To be made up? No, to be laced up. <laughs> Look. At least uh, you wouldn't have to do that, George. Well, no. I could lace you up at home like I always do. <laughs> Gracie, you've got an exaggerated idea of how much they change movie stars' looks. No, I haven't. They stick putty noses on them, false eyelashes, toupees. Honey, relax. Believe me, Clark Gable looks just the same in person as he does on the screen. Oh, George, how little you know of Hollywood. Well, with a little makeup, they can make a person look years younger. How old would you say I looked in my last picture? About 25. Now, you see, they can make you look older, too. <laughs> Honey, if Gable wasn't tall and handsome, he couldn't take out all those beautiful actresses. I don't think they use any tricks on him. They use tricks on all of them. Look at Johnny Weisbuller in those Tarzan pictures. Now, don't try to tell me that he wears built-up shoes. He goes barefooted. Oh, sure. Well, they've got another trick to make him look big. You know those lines he's always grappling with? Yeah. Those aren't lines. Those are cocker spaniels made up. <laughs> Gracie. Oh, I don't say it's uh, it's only men they use tricks on. Take Betty Grable. Her legs look pretty nice on the screen, huh? And how? Well, trick photography. From the waist up, it's Grable. From there down, it's Errol Flynn. <laughs> For 
forget it. And forget all this stuff about Gable being short and, 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 and chubby. Believe me, in, in, in person, Gable is tall, handsome, and terrific. And now I'm going to the cigar store. See you later. Mm, I won't forget it. I'm going to call Clark Gable and talk to him about this. Where's that phone book? Mm, oh, here. Mm, Gable, Gable. Ah, here we are. Gable, Arthur, Gable, Betty, Gable, C. That must be Clark. When I tell him about George, I'll bet he'll be glad to step aside. Hello? Uh, hello. Is Mr. Gable there? Yeah, just a minute. I'll call him. Oh, um, I... Uh, on second thought, I'm kind of curious to see Mr. Gable in person. Okay, come on over. He's right here. Oh, all right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, Charlie, some woman is coming over to see you. Yeah. Probably a dame who left something in the back of my taxi cab. You ain't jealous, are you, baby? Jealous are you with that puss of yours? <laughs> You could put Lena the hyena in your taxi cab and she wouldn't give you a tumble. Oh, yeah? Listen, I haul them movie dames around in my cab and then I have to come home and look at your kisser. Why, you broken down head driver? I'll push you Ah, uh, shut up. Don't you tell me to shut up, Charlie. Ah, uh, shut up. Mr. Gable here. I'm Gable. You? Sure. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> they can work miracles. Huh? How tall are you, Mr. Gable? Five foot three. What? Imagine wearing heels a foot high. <laughs> How much do you weigh? Three hundred and ten pounds, but oh, I... Oh, you poor man. How those laces must hurt. Look, lady, and I... And your face. I wouldn't have believed Putty could do it. Lady, would you mind telling me what you're talking about? Well, frankly, Mr. Gable, you're not quite what I expected. Uh, do you really take those Hollywood actresses around? Oh, plenty of them. I took Lana Turner to the truck last week, and just last night I took Lauren Bacall to the Macumba. My goodness. Then I drove her home and she slipped me five bucks. <laughs> she paid you? They all do. I ain't holding them around for nothing. But Lauren Bacall is married to Humphrey Bogart. So what? He came along, too. <laughs> How modern. <laughs> hey, look, what you come to see me about, lady? Well, it's about my husband, George Burns. Oh, you want me to take him someplace? Oh, no, you wouldn't enjoy it. He's a terrible dancer. <laughs> I don't get it. No, well, all I want you to do, Mr. Gable, is to say that my husband can play the lead in the Hucksters. So let him play it. What's it to me? Well, can I tell him you said that? Well, sure, but I don't see what... Oh, thank you, Mr. Gable. Thank you a million times. You'll never regret your generosity. Goodbye. What a dame. <laughs> if this wasn't Hollywood, I'd say she was nuts. <laughs> Now, Meredith Wilson and his chiffon music, Gershwin's Liza.
George, George, I've got the most wonderful news. What now? Well, I've seen Clark Gable in person, and he's an absolute mess. You look just as good as he does. Gracie. And what's more, he said he'd be glad to step aside and let you play the lead in the Hucksters. Will you stop making up those fantastic fibs? Fibs? George Burns, how dare you say such a thing? Have I ever told you a fib? How about the one you told to get that new dress? Or how about the one you, you, uh, you told about the dental offender? Or the one you told oh, about... Oh, stop beating around the bush. <laughs> Just say yes or no. Yes. But now I'm telling you the honest truth. I just spoke to Clark Gable. Gracie, I've said... heard enough. I know it's not the truth. But even if it was, I'd never replace Gable. I couldn't equal that guy's personality in a million but years. George... Forget it. I'm going into the den. Oh, that stubborn little genius. <laughs> <laughs> He's got Gable's look. Now he thinks he doesn't have his personality. Let's see, now, what is Gable's personality? Well, he's masterful. So strong and masculine that women are scared of him. Well, I'll have to convince George that he can frighten women. Hi, Gracie. Oh, hello, Bill. You're just in time to give me some advice. Yeah? How can I convince George that he's frightening? Hold a mirror up in front of him. <laughs> oh, no, Bill. I'm serious. Yeah. I'm trying to build up his confidence so he'll agree to replace Clark Gable in the Hucksters. George replace Gable? Well, yes. Don't you think he's got something Gable hasn't got? Well, yeah, and if Gable had it, he'd shoot himself. <laughs> I, I really think George would be magnificent in that picture. When people see him, they'll love him as much as I do. I want to share my little huckster with everyone. Tell me something, Gracie. Why do you love that little schnook so much? Why do I love George Bird? Yeah. Why, just look at his... And how about the way he... Oh, the many times that he... And don't forget his... And you ask me why I love George Bird. You know, for a minute, I didn't think you'd have a reason. Oh, Bill, come on and help me. Go in the den and convince George that he's the caveman type, strong and powerful. Point out his muscles to him. Who's going to point him out to me? <laughs> oh, go on, Bill, please. Okay, I'll try, Gracie. Well, hello, George, old man. Put it there. Give me some skin, Kim. Huh? Slip me some hide, Jekyll. Shake, pal. Oh. Yeah, shake hands. Yeah. Okay, Bill. Oh! <laughs> What's the matter? Oh, you broke me with a hand. You broke me. You broke it. But I barely squeezed it. Oh, you don't know your own strength, you brute. You broke me with a hand. Now they'll have to shoot me. Shoot you? Yes. What's the use of living if I can't pick up a cup of Maxwell House coffee? <laughs> Maxwell House is the very best in coffee drinking pleasure, yet it costs but a fraction of a penny more per cup than the cheapest coffee sold. Now you broke my widow hand and I can't drink it. Bill, Bill, even if I did hurt your right hand, that wouldn't keep you from drinking Maxwell House coffee. Haven't you any left? George, when I drink Maxwell House coffee, I never have any left. <laughs> A commercial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> selection and blending of choice Latin American coffees plus radiant roasting give Maxwell House that famous flavor. In fact, it's so wonderful that it it's bought by more people than any other brand of coffee at any price. So insist on Maxwell House, always good to the last drop. Oh, oh, you broke your hand, yes. <laughs> you crushed it to a pulp, that's what you did. Now I'm through in sports. I was supposed to pitch tonight. I didn't know you played baseball. Who's talking about baseball? I got a date tonight. That's when I really pitch. <laughs> Goodbye, funny man. So long, caveman. Well, Bill, did you convince him he's the gable type, strong and rugged? No, no, Grace. He knows he's a weakling. He is not. George is just as manly as the next person. Yeah, unless the next person happens to be a man. <laughs> Never mind. I'll do it myself. I'll go in and make him believe that he's the most masterful, domineering, frightening man who ever lived. George? Huh? Oh, that voice. <laughs> <laughs> that vibrant, booming 
woman's voice. Huh? Oh, what strength. <laughs> what power. When you say, huh, you really mean huh. Huh? Oh, there it goes again. Oh, I tremble when you speak. My bones turn to water, but I love it. Look, Gracie. Turn me to water again, George. Splash me around. Pour me down the drain. What is this? Oh, it's the grip of your personality. If a harsh word should pass your lips, the whole world would turn dark. Oh, stop. Oops, the light's out. <laughs> you please settle down and tell me what you want. I want to serve you, Master. You're the captain of my fate. I'm the captain? Aye, aye, sir. <laughs> Gracie. What would you like for dinner? I don't care. You'll get it. Your word is law. <laughs> Look. What force? What vigor? I'm putty in your hands, George. Just putty. You are, huh? Yes. Stick me in a crack. <laughs> Shove me in a knot hole. Not a bad idea. <laughs> oh, George, now you're getting angry. You're going to beat me again, aren't you? Are you nuts? I've never beaten you. Who won a gin rummy last night? I did. Beat me again, George. Oh. <laughs> this is murder. What a man you are. I'm the dirt beneath your feet. Now, Gracie. Dig me, Daddy. Fall <laughs> me under. Now, look. Why, you fight the caveman Gable is. Gable, I knew it was Gable. We're back to that again. Now, for the last time, I'm not going to make the picture. But Gable said you could. Oh, stop with that. All right, I'll prove it. Who are you calling? Clark Gable, that's who. I'll show you I wasn't lying. Hello? Hello, Mr. Gable. Mr. Gable, it's me again. I want you to talk to my husband. Here, George. Hello, Mr. Gable. Yeah? Did you tell my wife I could play the lead in the Hucksters? Sure. Well, gee, thanks, Mr. Gable. What can I do for you? Call me whenever you need a taxi. <laughs> taxi? Aren't you Clark Gable, the actor? No, I'm Charlie Gable, the cab driver. I see. Goodbye. Goodbye. Gracie, Mr. Gable drives a taxi. Realizes he's through in pictures, huh? <laughs> he never was in pictures. You got the wrong Gable. This guy is Charlie Gable. Then Clark Gable isn't short and fat and... No, he's tall and handsome. Well, do you still think I can take Gable's place? Yes, I do. You do? Certainly. You can drive a taxi. <laughs> Join us again next week when we'll all be back. George Burns, Gracie Allen, Meredith Wilson and his orchestra, yours truly, Bill Goodwin. The George Burns and Gracie Allen show is written by Paul Henning and Keith Fowler. Until next Thursday, good night and good luck from the makers of Maxwell House, America's number one preferred brand of coffee. Always good to the last drop. Gracie, I'm glad you gave up the silly idea. I could never replace Clark Gable and the Huxton. I haven't given up. I've changed my mind. After all, there's only one difference between you and Gable. He's got a mustache. Gracie, from the lip down, we're not exactly twins either. His neck is bigger. His shoulders are bigger. His chest oh, is bigger. Oh, don't worry. When you get down to your feet, he won't be in your class. <laughs> And now stay tuned in for Noah Webster Says, which follows immediately over most of these stations. Get bird's eye. Get bird's eye green beans or wax beans. Both of them have that garden fresh goodness. Both of them come stringless and clean, ready to cook, in tempting one-inch cuts. One box of bird's eye green or wax beans serves four people. Get summer sweet bird's eye green beans or wax beans tomorrow. Remember... It can't be the same if it ain't got that name. Get bird's eye, bird's eye frosted food. Another cup of Maxwell House coffee, George?
Sure. Call me a cup, Gracie. You know, Maxwell House is always good to the last. Drop. And that drop's good, too. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. With yours truly, Bill Goodwin, the music of Meredith Wilson and his orchestra, our happy postman, and our special guest, Jack Carson. For your Thursday night comedy enjoyment, it's George and Gracie. And for your everyday coffee drinking enjoyment, it's Maxwell House. The coffee that gives you so much more for so little more, that is bought and enjoyed by more people than any other brand of coffee in the world. Yes, Maxwell House. Expertly blended and radiant roasted for rich, mellow, extra flavor. Maxwell House, the coffee that's always good to the last drop. As we look in the Burns home today, we find Gracie answering the front door buzzer. Coming. Good morning, Mrs. Burns. <laughs> Here's your mail. Thank you, Mr. Postman. This is Halloween. Are you going around and knock on doors and frighten people? Oh, no, I haven't time for that. I'm going to make my husband George a movie star. I see. That way you can frighten a much larger audience. <laughs> oh, no, you don't understand, Mr. Postman. George is going to replace Clark Gable as the lead in The Hucksters. Are you still trying to prod your poor husband into that picture? Well, I certainly am. You see, the Hucksters is supposed to give you the lowdown on radio. Isn't George the perfect choice? Yes. I guess he's about as low down on radio as you can... <laughs> well, it might interest you to know that I asked a thousand people if they preferred Clark Gable or George Burns, and it came out even. Only 500 said they wanted Gable. Really? Yes. The other 500 said, who's George Burns? <laughs> I still think you should forget it. Oh, not when I know I'm right. You just wait. Someday I'll say to you, Mr. Postman, George Burns has replaced Clark Gable. And on that same day, a red-skinned gentleman with horns and a tail will say to me, Mr. Postman, it's frozen over. <laughs> Besides, Mrs. Burns, your husband refuses to make the picture. Oh, don't worry. I haven't even started to work on him yet. There's one way a wife can make her husband do anything. Flatter him. Yes, my wife does that. She flatters you? Oh, flatters. I thought you said flattens. <laughs> I can't recall who said it. I know I never read it. I only know they tell me they love his well, here comes a little genius down to breakfast. You run along, Mr. Postman. I'll start the flattery. Well, goodbye, Mrs. Burns. Remember, keep smiling. <laughs> With a girl in your arms, it's wonderful, wonderful in every way. So, they... Oh, what a beautiful voice. And no wonder. It comes out of such a beautiful container. That's me, huh? Yes. Sit down to breakfast, dear. Okay. Pass me the toast. Here. Oh, George, you're so strong. You just rip that toast apart with your bare hands. <laughs> Yeah, I, I usually wear gloves. Oh, I love to watch you eat. You have the rhythm and coordination of a great athlete. I have, huh? Oh, yes. You put egg in your mouth with one hand while you wipe it off your tie with the other. <laughs> Must be a pleasure to watch. Oh, you are, darling. Being married to you is a perpetual joy. With you in the house, no sorrow, no sadness can touch me. I can always look at your little face and laugh. Thanks, kid I love you so much that you make my whole life a poem I do? How true See, the poetry just comes rolling out 
Oh, fine. You're divine. <laughs> That's enough. You're the stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> My goodness. We do love each other, don't we? Well, sure. And people who love each other should do things for each other, shouldn't they? Right. John. No, I won't replace Gable and the Hutchins. <laughs> oh, you knew what I was leading up to, huh? All along. Well, you pick the most inconvenient times to be intelligent. Gracie, I'm sick and tired of that crazy idea of yours. Now, once and for all, let it drop. But, George, the lead in a picture about radio is just meant for you. You're radio's glamour boy. Oh, honey, don't call me radio's glamour boy, even though it's true. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Oh, people think Como and Sinatra have glamour. But you've had yours so much longer. <laughs> Gracie. Good things improve with age, and that's you, George. You're like a little round barrel of vintage wine. Gracie. You're like a fine, ripe old cheese. <laughs> Gracie. You're like a priceless antique with curved legs and wide, handsome drawers. <laughs> I've had enough of this silly nonsense. I'm going down to the cigar store. Oh, don't go, George. Stay with me and make my life a poem again. Oh, stop. You're the top. <laughs> See, there it goes. Well, forget it. I'm leaving. You're leaving me grieving. Oh, no. Oh, we're rolling now. Goodbye, Gracie. You're driving me crazy. <laughs> That's too bad. I've been had. <laughs> Stanley, let me have a couple of my favorite cigars. Yes, sir, Mr. Burns, just as soon as I finish waiting on Mr. Carson here. Mr. Carson? Well, hello, Jack. Hello, George. Uh, let me buy you a cigar, George. No, 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 I'll buy you one. Two Perfecto Royale, Stanley. Here's your quarter. Thank you. Well, I'm going to enjoy this. Here's your 20 cents change. <laughs> Let me buy you a cigar, George. No, smoke the one I just bought you. Well, are you sure you can spare this? Oh, sure. I get these to pass out. Well, they should do it, if anything, Will. <laughs> these Perfecto Royals are great when you, when you want to get away from it all. For example, today, Gracie has made my life unbearable. So I came down here to smoke one of these. But, George, isn't that the coward's way out? <laughs> they won't hurt you, Jack. I've been smoking them for years, and look at me. Let me buy a cigar, George. <laughs> Are you going to give me trouble, too? No, I'm only kidding. What kind of trouble is Gracie giving you? Oh, she's got another one of those wild ideas. <laughs> she gets some dillies, doesn't oh, she? Oh, boy, wait till you hear this. <laughs> what? She thinks there's someone better than Clark Gable to play the lead in the Huxley. <laughs> Who is that? Well, <laughs> she says it's a story about radio, so radio's glamour boy should play it. <laughs> uh, radio's... Glamour boy? Yeah. <laughs> well, I I don't think that's such a silly idea, George. You don't? No. Your wife knows a man when she sees one. She has excellent taste. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but... Jack, don't you think that's embarrassing for a fella to be called radio's glamour boy? Uh, not when it fits, George. No, not when it fits. You mean you really think it does fit? I really do. Don't you agree? Well, now that you press me, yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, after all, what has Gable got that... <laughs> Radio's glamour boy hasn't got. Is Gable uh, handsomer? Uh, no. <laughs> Is Gable more uh, talented? Uh, no. Is Gable younger? Uh, no. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 
Well, Jack, you and Gracie ought to get together. You certainly see eye to eye. We certainly do. Well, I've got to get down to the office. I'll see you later. So long, Jack. So long, George. Gee, imagine Gracie choosing me to take Gable's part. But this can start a whole new slogan. Gable's out and Carson's got it. Isn't that Wintergreen for president? That's a great tune, and timely, too. That's right, Bill. Next Tuesday's Election Day in the good old USA, huh? Election Day. That's the People's Day when the ballot box comes in and the soapbox goes out. And the folks who did the listening rise to speak. It's a great day, Meredith. They'll be coming into town from the farmlands, lining up at dawn in the city. The people do the talking then, and that's what makes Election Day such a vital and impressive part of the American scene. You know, in its own way, Maxwell House coffee belongs to the American scene, too. Here in America, over the years, the people have made coffee their favorite drink. And more people buy and enjoy Maxwell House than any other brand of coffee at any price. Flavor explains this nationwide preference, of course. The rich, full-bodied Maxwell House flavor that results from the masterful blending of these choice, highland-grown Latin American coffees. Manizales from Elonis. Medellins for richness. Other fine coffees for vigor. And Bucaramangas for full body. All adding up to great coffee at its flavor peak. So why not know the very best in coffee-drinking pleasure? You can for just a fraction of a penny more per cup than you'd pay for the cheapest coffee sold. Simply say, Maxwell House. Always good to the last drop. Now we find Jack Carson arriving at the Burns home under the impression that Gracie wants him to replace Clark Gable in the huckster. I think I'll show Gracie just how close to Clark Gable I really am. I'll do my famous Gable imitation for her. Yes? Well, Jack Carson, hello. Hello, baby. <laughs> I've come to say thank you. Thank you for thinking of me, baby. Oh, boy, you've caught a cold. <laughs> no, no, Gracie, I'm, I'm doing an imitation. Now, listen. Hello, baby. Who do you think I've imitated, baby? Now I get it. Oh, that's a remarkable imitation. <laughs> Thank you. You sound exactly like Charles Boyer. <laughs> Boyer? No, no, no. Perhaps I can get it better across with this speech. Scarlet, I'm going to take those views back to the Confederate Army. Mm. Uh, don't tell me. Uh, Dennis Day. <laughs> no. Do it again. Scarlet, I'm going to take those mules back to the Confederate Army. I've got it. Peter Lorre. <laughs> Scarlet, those mules are going to take me back to the Confederate Army. Gracie, perhaps this will give it to you. Picture me with larger ears. Larger than those? Yes. <laughs> yes, I hope so. Larger is. Oh, I've got it lasting. Gracie, who, who is the most exciting male celebrity of our day? Handsome, talented, and, and loaded with sex appeal. Oh, now I know who you mean. Sure. George Burns. <laughs> Let's go back to Lassie. <laughs> you were closer there. Oh, no, Jack. I'm sure I can guess it if you'll give me one more chance. Okay, baby. I talk like this and I've got a mustache. A mustache. That did it. Good. Ronald Coleman. <laughs> well, that's Ronald Coleman. Who is this? Tis a far, far better thing I do 
I do now than I have ever done before. Easy. Clark Abel. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm there. I don't know how I got there, but I'm there. Do some more imitations, Jack. You're very good. Yeah, no, thanks. I'll quit while I'm ahead. <laughs> you did say that radio's glamour boys should replace Gable, didn't you? Yes, I said that George should do that. Well, that's what I... Uh, George? George Burns? Yes. George Burns is radio's glamour boy? Can you name anyone more glamorous? Would you like them grouped according to networks? <laughs> now, I, uh, I don't think you agree with me about George. Well, Gracie, this has been a bitter blow to me. I thought you wanted me to play the lead in the Hucksters. Oh, Jack, let's be sensible. You're a wonderful comedian, but this calls for a dramatic actor. Uh, can you make people laugh? And uh, you can, I know, but can you make them cry? Well, haven't you seen any of my pictures? <laughs> well, yes, but I mean, make them cry on purpose. Gracie, believe me, I'm the one for that part, not George. I'm the better actor. Oh, I'm sorry you think so, Jack. It looks like we'll have to embarrass you publicly. Embarrass me publicly? We'll have an acting contest between Carson and Burns. You'll meet George face to face. Face to face with George? Well, I hope I have hiccups. It'd be a shame to waste a cure like that. <laughs> well, Jack, be here at 4 o'clock. I'll have the script ready. And then we'll decide who should replace Gable. Okay, goodbye, Scarlett. I'll be back for the acting contest at 4. Now I know who you're imitating. You do? Sure, the mad Russian. I'll do too. <laughs> and thought he was radio's glamour boy? That's right, dear. Only an egotistical, conceited jackass could think that. Why, that's me. Well, don't worry, George. We'll put him in his place. I told him to come back later, and you two would have an acting contest. An acting contest? Yeah, well, you show him up. Well, there's no kind of acting that you can't handle. You've got everything. Well, look. Even my mother had to admit that. She said that you have the charm of Margaret O'Brien and the strength of Wallace Berry. Well, that's... Uh... Oh, did she say that the, you had the charm of Wallace Berry and the strength of Margaret O'Brien? <laughs> Never mind what she said. There'll be no acting contest with Carson. But, George... Granted, I'm a pretty fair actor, but Carson's good, too. You're better. He's sort of handsome. You're handsomer. He's a big star. You're bigger. Of course, he's full of hooey. You're fuller. <laughs> There'll be no acting contest with Carson. All right, if you're willing to surrender, so am I. I won't even tell you how Jack insulted you. He insulted me? Yeah, but it doesn't matter. The contest is off. What do you say? Ah, oh, there's no use asking me, George. My lips are sealed. You, you could beat me, and I'd never tell you that he called you a fat little monster. <laughs> well, he did, did he? And wild horses couldn't drag out of me the other dreadful name he called you. Why, that repulsive knucklehead. Darn it. You guessed it. Well, that does it. The contest is on. Wait till I hit Carson with that big dramatic speech from the miser's dream. And here under this ragged coat deep in my heart, these words shall remain and last there until the last minute of my life. That honesty is the best policy. Oh, oh back to Volcar. Back to Volcar. To the power. Barrett Wilson had his chiffon music, a Chopin melody called What More Can I Ask For?
Gracie, do we have to go through with this acting contest? Getting cold feet, Carson? No, no, I'm not getting cold feet. I still think I can act rings around you. Oh, yeah? Let's see you register a few emotions. Okay, name them. Joy. <laughs> Anger. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Grief. <laughs> well? So much for amateur nights. <laughs> now, let's hear from a professional. George, register Joy. Oh. <laughs> Anger. Oh. Surprise. Oh. Grief. Oh. And Carson thinks he can act. Well, Jack, I hope for your sake Warner Brothers don't hear this. They'll put George in a picture and you'll be selling papers. I'll go even further than that. If they put George in a picture, they'll be selling papers. <laughs> Sore loser. Oh, will you see who that is, dear? I want to finish the script for the acting contest. Come in. Hi, George. Hello, Bill. Well, hello, Jack. Hello, Bill. Hey, you want to hear something funny? Yeah. George here wants to have an acting contest with Hollywood's handsomest and most talented young actor. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> sure. Besides, I haven't got time. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, you're, you're a little confused. I said young actor. <laughs> That's me. Well, I'm still confused, Jack. You also said talented. <laughs> you, uh, you think you're talented? Well, I don't like to brag, but I have been referred to as another Sonny Tufts. <laughs> your age, it should be Daddy Tufts. <laughs> well, have you, have you seen me on the screen? Yes, Jack. I caught your love scene in that mystery picture, Two Guys from Milwaukee. Miss? What do you mean, mystery picture? You got the girl. <laughs> Here's a switch. The hams are carving each other. <laughs> Let's face it, Jack. You can't do love scenes. Oh, no? Listen, Bill. You're beautiful. You have eyes like stars. Lips like rubies. Well, I know I have, but you still can't do love scenes. <laughs> Jack, those horny lines. Lips like rubies. Well, what would you say? Well, I'd say lips like Maxwell House coffee. Ah, there it comes. Lips like Maxwell House coffee? Everyone's lips like Maxwell House coffee. I know. <laughs> it's so delicious, Jack. In fact, Maxwell House is the very best in coffee-drinking pleasure. Yet it costs but a fraction of a penny more per cup than the cheapest coffee sold. And, of course, you'd never say, eyes like stars. Oh, no, I would I, say... I know, I know. Eyes like Maxwell House coffee. You does? I'm mighty fond of it, too. You see, the careful selection of blending of choice Latin American coffees plus radiant roasting give Maxwell House that famous flavor. In fact, it's so wonderful that it's bought by more people than any other brand of coffee at any time. So, insist on Maxwell House, Jack. Always good to the last drop. You know, Bill? Yes? You're really very clever. Mm. They, they should give you a big publicity campaign. Yeah. You, you know that slogan you see everywhere? The year of the yearling? Yeah. Well, you're even bigger than that. Really? You should be billed as the scent of the century. <laughs> Contest now. Here's the script. By the way, Gracie, who uh, who's going to judge this contest? Oh, I've chosen a very pretty young actress, a disinterested third party, who will be completely fair and unprejudiced. Oh, swell. Who is she? Me. <laughs> and of course, you are very unprejudiced. Completely. I'm here to see that the better man wins, and I'm sure George will. Let's get started. Uh, what parts do we play? Well, there are two male roles. One is Napoleon Bonaparte, the brilliant and dashing emperor of France. And the other is Pierre, a poor common French soldier. Well, I want to show you that I'm completely fair and unbiased, too. I'll take the part of Napoleon. <laughs> oh, he has some wonderful lines, Jack. You see, Napoleon comes home from the battle and finds me, Josephine, with Pierre. Mm -hmm. He flies into a towering rage and cries, Oh, Josephine, you have made me so less miserable. <laughs> oh, Josephine, you have made me so less miserable. Mm -hmm. Wait, you speak French as well as I do. <laughs> yes. And then you, you draw your sword and strike Pierre dead, shouting, Death to the traitor! Vive la France! Death to the traitor! Vive la France! 
Sadie's a great wife. Let's get started. Well, here are your script boys. Now, you knock at the door, Jack, and we'll start the big thing. Okay, here we go. Who is he? He's I, Boone Pond. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, my love, oh, he's in my old band, Bonaparte. Moon do. <laughs> what? What will he say? He will say, Oh, Josephine, you have made me so less miserable. That's what he will say. Moon do. <laughs> Who is he? He's I, Bonaparte. Oh, Pierre, Pierre, my lover. What will he do? He will draw a sword and strike me dead, shouting, Death to the traitor! Vive la France! That's what he will do. Yeah, but when? <laughs> Who is he? He's I, Bone. <laughs> bone? Yeah, it looks like I haven't got a part. <laughs> Saw a loser. Well, you might as well admit to see Jack. You got absolutely nothing out of those wonderful lines, but nothing. You're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> you just stepped out of your class, kid. Yes. You can't act with George Burns. Go back to Warner Brothers, where you only have to compete with people like Betty Davis and Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, so long, Jack. See you around. Well, I I hope this little experience hasn't upset you, Jack. Oh, no, no, not at all. I I feel fine. Oh, good. Goodbye. Well, goodbye. <laughs> well, George, at least we cured Jack of giving imitations. When he left, he was really himself. That he was. Join us again next week when we'll all be back. George Burns, Gracie Allen, Meredith Wilson and his orchestra, yours truly, Bill Goodwin. Our special guest will be Frank Sinatra. Oh, well, Gracie, we'll have quite a program next week. Frank Sinatra's going to drop over. Yeah, well, don't worry. I'll help you pick him up. Good night, folks. <laughs> Jack Carson appears in the courtesy of the Campbell Soup Company. Get bird's eye. Get bird's eye spinach. Dewy, fresh, and delicious as spinach you pick in your own garden. No work. It's whistle clean, all washed and trimmed for you. And it's thrifty, too, because there's no waste. One box serves four people. So get tender, luscious bird's eye spinach tomorrow. But be sure it's bird's eye. Remember. It can't be the same if it ain't got that name. Get bird's eye, bird's eye frozen food. I hope you enjoyed those two back-to-back broadcasts of the Burns and Allen Show. Be sure to visit us or email us by tapping the links in our show's description page on your podcast app if you'd like to suggest a show for a future podcast, or just leave us a comment, a compliment, or a nasty insult. We can take it. Take care, and tune in next time for another great comedy show right here on the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. La, 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 la.